0: Hey, how you doing? It's Clayton here from HowToDrawComics.net. And today on the podcast, we've got a full house with co-host Rick Buleau, along with special guest artists Ed Foychuk and Death Fimison. Is that how Pimison. I pronounce your name, Death? Fimison. <laughs> yeah. Fimison, that's right. Um, and what we're talking about today in this episode is the business of making money with your art. We all know that learning and developing your dynamic drawing abilities is a big part of the equation when it comes to making comics, but how do we turn our craft into a financially sustainable career that allows us to wake up every day and pursue our passions? That in and of itself is a whole other skill set that must be honed, and today we're here to shed some light on it, hopefully. So Rick, Death, and Ed, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for being here. How are you guys doing? I'm, I'm glad a, to be back. Yeah, nice. And, and Ed and Death, you guys know each other a little bit from the Pencil Jack days, a very old right. comic art forum.
1: You know, actually, I'm pretty happy about this because I finally get, a, get to sit down and talk with Death. Uh, yeah. I don't want to say like I've been a fan of his for years, but I kind of have, you know, even though we're, we're kind of peers. But, you know, I've admired his work. I, I think I've known him for almost a decade now. And we both came up on kind of the second wave of pencil jack artists you know the first wave was Ryan Otley and Mark Brooks and those guys that came out of like over 10 years ago and then myself death uh David Bowie, uh and a few others are like that next generation coming out of pencil jack and so I remember watching death's work over the years and and hot damn now when I see his stuff man like you know I always loved it because me and him are both huge x-men fans and both turtle fans and stuff like that right but uh looking at it now he's really doing it justice you know like when i see his commission work and that's what we're going to talk about today is some money making and stuff right yeah but when i see his marker work and stuff yeah i'm about to swear like, it's insane swear, it is, <laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah and so i'm really happy he's on the chat with us today because i think we're gonna have fun with this
0: yeah absolutely
2: i'm i'm, I'm sorry but i'm gonna chuckle a lot and I'm, I'm really sorry about this but your name death when you when it says i'm I'm looking i've been looking forward to sit uh, to sit down and have a chat with death i have been i've been i've i've been no i've been no i've I've known death for more than a decade i mean i know yeah i know i see what he's doing
0: go nickname (laughs) him the grim raper
2: (laughs) i'm I'm sorry i'm sorry that that's just but yeah don't be sorry he likes it
3: i'm sure you get that all the time death I get it constantly, yep. yeah, all the time. In fact, when I was a kid, I got it so much that when I became a citizen in the U.S., they do this thing where they ask you like, "Oh, do you want an American name?" And hey. I was like, "Mike, my name's Mike." And like, <laughs> so I, I tried to change
2: it. Oh, so we right got. we got. I'm gonna call you Mike from now on. Then.
3: <laughs> yeah. No, no, don't do that.
2: No, I like death.
3: Death is it works, man. It works.
0: Totally, man. <laughs> I remember jumping onto Pencil Jack, actually, back when I was uh, only a young artist myself. And I don't think I was a super regular poster on there, but I did post every now and then. And especially when How to Draw Comics first started, I ended up posting a few of the things that I was doing on there onto the Pencil Jack forum. And one thing about Pencil Jack that I admire the forum for is the no bullshit approach to critiquing shitty work in in yeah. order to make it better in order to increase its quality and i think that you know these days we have this kind we've developed a culture as a whole where you know it's it's good to be polite and nice when you're giving feedback to other people which i think is a good thing because some people are going to you know they may get their heart broken and completely give up altogether but i think there's something to be said about that you know, here's what it is, no bullshit, this is what you need to do to get better, you know, your your work is okay, but you, there's some steps you need to take to get it to the next level, and I don't know what Pencil Jack is like now, it's honestly been a while since I've been on there, but uh, yeah, yeah, I remember the moderators on there as well, they were badasses, you know, they... They'd give you, and and the good thing was, is they would actually take the time to give you that feedback as well. It wasn't just you know a pat on the back. It was actually in depth feedback that if you applied it, it it'd get you better, which is so important. I think this is the brilliant gift we've been given with you know Facebook groups and the whole social media movement is that now we can put our work out there and get that direct feedback, um, yeah. as if you were sitting in a classroom, right?
1: I awesome. was going to talk. About Jack, I want to mention two names: uh, Paul Smith and Loston Wallace. They they give like listen. Everybody on Pencil Jack, regardless of their uh, skill level, is usually like geared towards giving crits and stuff like that, uh, critiques. And they're they're really everybody. Not everybody's you know, obviously not everybody takes the ball, But the general mood there is pretty good for it. But Loston and smitty go out of their way above and beyond to do uh sketch overs blue lines red lines you know like and really explain this is what's happening in your drawing and this is how to take it to the next level and stuff like that so if you if anybody's ever going to talk about pencil jack and learning from it or anything i, I just i gotta say again those two names uh Lawson wallace and paul smith and if you don't know who those names are, then you don't know.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've never been to pencil jack. I've said then that before. Don't... No, I've never been to pencil jack and I'm slightly feeling like, oh well, I'm a sucky artist and
0: <laughs> You should go there then.
2: Right? Right. Then you'll I get should. better. Yeah. Okay, bye.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can be very hey, I'm gonna so, tell you right now, when I first when I first went on Pencil Jack, it was so intimidating, dude. Yeah like, it is. I was, I was first just, I was just starting out, kind of, kind of, just starting out. I mean, I, yep. but, like, man, if you can't take criticism, like, when you go on Pencil Jack, like, it's almost like being abused. Like, you have to, like, <laughs> filter through the abuse to find the good information and kind of, like, grow, grow from it. Yeah. But, man, it's, it, yeah, it was tough there.
0: It's kind of like yeah. drawing, it's like the the comic art army right yeah, <laughs> where, really. where you've got the drill sergeants I mean, giving yeah. you orders do this right now stop drawing crappy artwork
1: yeah yeah, yeah right and if you bring back crappy artwork and then you you learn your lesson to the next post they'll call you on it they remember you yeah when i talked to you about that stupid nose you did you did it again
3: <laughs> that's yeah. yeah i love okay let's it. talk about money
1: come on guys we got to get focused here talk
3: about some money all right uh, so, i,
0: I
1: want to make a million dollars how do i do it
3: uh, when you find out i'll tell you you, you come tell me i mean th- that's the thing isn't it right with uh, whether you're a comic book
0: artist or just a an artist a concept artist or an artist in general who takes on commission work or maybe scores a gig in a studio for a certain amount of time what we can all agree on is that it's not exactly the most financially secure career to pursue so <laughs> In a way, what that means is that rather than being an employee for somebody and kind of making money with your art in that way, you become more of a business, right? So all the risks you take on, every decision you make, it's all on you. At least this is, again, just from my perspective. But, you know, you go out there, you do your own networking, you make your own connections, you find your own opportunities. And most of the time, they're not really going to come to you uh, at least in the beginning. I, I think once you start to work for other people and you begin doing good jobs for them and you get those recommendations coming in, then it kind of starts to snowball and you find that you know you are getting asked to to have work done uh, and your expertise to be to be lended to whatever projects might need them. But uh, that's personally what I've found. And so I think, Just to get the ball rolling, one mindset that I believe is worth taking on is, as an artist, a freelance artist, make sure that you're thinking of yourself not as an artist for hire, but... Um, as somebody who runs your own business, meaning that you've got to market yourself, you've got to promote yourself online. Um, you know, I, I know a guy, uh, hopefully we'll get him on the show actually this month, uh, Tom Bailey, and I'm really looking forward to actually seeing what he does with his new comic book studio, but, you know, the first thing that I saw him doing before he really made any big announcements was he was at the at the big Comic-Con in America. I'm not sure exactly what one it is. You guys have a lot of them over there, but... Um, yeah, and it was one of the first things he did to promote his new comic book company. So I think that uh, yeah, that's an important thing to keep in mind. What about you guys? So uh, Ed, you've done Comic Cons before. Death, you've done the same. And uh, Rick, you're probably in a similar boat to me. Actually, I don't. You, you have how many Comic Cons have you been to? Many.
2: I've I've done two, but those were really Scandinavian and was really small, but they helped me. But but as you said you just said it was it would help with social media that. but so far from where i am from what i earn has has not come from sh- social media but the whole advertising among from one customer's mouth to another
0: mm, word a mouth.
2: in in real in real life yeah yep. yeah that's huge so too so i have i haven't even put i haven't even gone social media yet which i know you're pushing me to do
0: oh and yeah yeah, I mean, it's just, it's not like you you have to do it. I mean, years and years ago, people didn't do it, right, uh, before it, it came in. But it's like it's an additional tool now to get yourself out there instead can,
2: of spending only- thousands
0: of dollars advertising in the traditional ways like radio and TV. Right? Now you can kind of yeah, do can, it for free. Only- you can build can this celebrity only- status almost overnight.
2: I can only imagine how that it will only increase in my in my in my budget and my earnings by going social media when I already without it have a quote unquote steady income
0: yeah mm-hmm. yeah I mean in the end yeah, it's about I, I, getting as many eyes as you can on your work right uh death <laughs> absolutely
3: like I I'll, I'll tell you honestly like for me I 80% of my my income as an artist probably comes from social media um, whether it's like, uh, it's mainly through Facebook and Instagram. That's That, amazing, I, that I make most of my income. Um, I don't understand Twitter. I don't know how to use Twitter, but me so like, yeah, me I, either.
0: <laughs> what is with Twitter? I don't get so, that.
3: I still yeah, haven't. It's just text. I don't really get it. Yeah. But yeah, man, it for me, it's opened so many doors for me as far as like income. Like it, it's, um, before social media was a thing, like, I had such a difficult time, you know, mm-hmm. like finding clients, like um, really getting the information that I need to figure out like how much I need to charge and, and, and what I need to do. Um, but yeah, like once social media came in, it changed everything for me. It, it went from being essentially um, starving artist mm-hmm. to just being like, like famous. Like, uh, uh, well, I don't no, yeah. know. <laughs> Like my, be, uh, I will be 100% upfront. Like, I do this part-time. I have a day job, yeah. right? Um, but I'll be honest with you. I, I make just as much with the art as I do in my day job. And my day job is not like, it's not a McDonald's job. It's it's a career job. Um, but like, uh, it's... You can have yeah. a
2: career at
3: McDonald's. Well, you could. You could. <laughs> you could. You could.
1: Okay, guys, why don't but, we uh, tighten up on this just a little bit? Let's do like kind of the avenues of earning right and so let's we're all in this right now so why don't we focus on commissions i want to talk a little bit about commissions how we price commissions Mm. uh we talked about how to get commissions a little bit let's if we can for the people uh, because i'm thinking of it you know people that are listening they enjoy the rambling but i think we need to tighten up here so if we go into commissions um i got a little story to tell and then i want to talk about. You know the pricing of it, what you can do right and wrong, and that kind of stuff. Heck my yeah, man. First Take it away. <laughs> All right, my first commissions, and some of you might kind of remember this game, City of Heroes. Yeah. City of Heroes yeah. Was an online MMORPG, right? And I remember they had a huge uh, forum and a great community and stuff. I like that, and people were posting fan art. And if you, if you play in an MMO, uh, usually you love your characters. And if you love your characters, what do you do with that love? You buy them art or you get them art. And so my first commission, even though I really was bad, was from City of Heroes, you know? And I, I don't even remember what I charged, I got no clue. But, you know, that's probably 12 years ago, 10 to 12 years ago, those same customers still remember me. I just had a message yesterday on my Facebook page uh, saying, hey man, I remember you from City of Heroes. You did a commission for me. I can't believe how you know how much you progressed, Blah blah blah. And you know, um, so we're talking about social media, but even kind of before social media, before Facebook blew up, mm-hmm. you can find it somewhere, and they might be in odd places. For me, it was a gaming community, right? So that's something to think about as like. Get them where you can. If it's if it's Rick and it's in person and it's it's people around you, awesome. If it's death and you're surrounded by the desert and you got you know nothing but cactus around you,
0: <laughs> talk to the cactuses.
1: And, you know, go online, right? right? Like Pretty Everybody much. Can find their thing. Uh, you know Clayton's surrounded by wallabies and uh, kangaroos <laughs> and shit,
0: and so you don't do commission. I <laughs> okay. search it up somewhere else. It's funny, you know. Honestly, I think about my first commission sometimes, and the truth is, is that my first ever very very first commissions was actually when uh my dad would uh take me down to the pub on a saturday or a sunday and the uh the the other the the other locals would uh would pay me like a dollar to draw them up a a funny little cartoon and this is like when i was a kid when i was like you know six or seven but it it is funny yeah man like wherever you are um there's going to be people around you that that are looking for what it is you're you're trying to offer um, the really cool thing is, though, is that most of us have access to this much larger uh, customer base that the, the modern day of the internet has introduced to us and, and allowed us access to. Um, and that's why I think when you, you know, when you think about it, us talking here right now about making a business doing what you love, that wouldn't be possible without Facebook and, and the group that we've created on there. It's incredible. Like, we would have possibly have never met, never even seen each other's artwork without that. Um, but I, th- I think you brought up an interesting point before, Ed, about pricing. I always have trouble pricing myself as an artist. So um, I I don't have a whole lot of an opinion. Sometimes I'm like, oh, well, you know, all times, however much I want to be paid for an, uh, per hour based on how long the commission takes me to do Mm -hmm. Um, but sometimes I'm not 100% sure how long it's going to take me to do Um, and then it ends up being super expensive I'm like well shit I can't charge that (laughs) right so how do you guys approach it
1: well I want to say like you know I get the hourly thing Mm. but the hourly thing will translate different per country we've we've got four people chatting here in four different countries with four different costs of living now
3: yeah right
1: we're talking about being global now and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just going to say it. I've been to the Philippines a bunch of times. They got some kick-ass artists, and they work for, you know, pennies on the dollar compared to Americans for the most part. Yes. Because the cost of living is so much cheaper there and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I get the pricing it out of, you know, dollar per hour type of thing, you know, how much it's worth to you and stuff like that. But you have to recognize what the market will bear. Mm-hmm. So, if you think, yeah, I, I get 20 bucks US an hour, that's what I can make. Hell, even McDonald's pays 15 bucks an hour sometimes and stuff like that. So I gotta make be making at least McDonald's wages, right? 15 bucks an hour, that's what I'm pricing this at. This piece takes me 10 hours, so I'm gonna charge 150 bucks. Yeah, but can you sell it? And I'm not saying you can't, I'm, or you, like I'm not pointing at anybody in particular, <laughs> but is that piece on the market actually worth Hundred and fifty, and the only way you can know that is if it sells. Mm. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, it, I'll give you a little really, story. Oh no, you go first. Go ahead.
3: Man. It it really does depend on your skill level as well. Like you yep. can't, you know, like you, you can't charge, 150 dollars, or 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 higher, if you're just not there skill wise. And then and the only way to do it is is to put it out there and see what people are willing to pay. Right. Um, when I first started, I, uh, I was doing 11 by 17 drawings and I was charging like 50 bucks. Mm-hmm. And at 50 bucks, no one was buying it. People were just like, nope, I don't want it. Like, like they would just pass by, you know, even at yep. conventions, because I wasn't doing online at the time, but like at conventions, they would just yep. look at it and I didn't have a name. I, you know, I still don't have a name, but. Um, you know my skill level wasn't at where it is now so they just look at it and they just be like uh no thanks and they just keep going you know and, and it's just one of those things where if you're not ready for it you'll know because you know the audience won't buy into it right um so yeah it does it does really come down to that like your skill level is going to have a a big uh deciding factor on on how much you are will be able to charge because yep.
2: And the only way you can do that is by, by continuing trying. to practice by trying to put out different prices until you find something where people are okay. I can stay here, but again, with the hourly rate, I do believe in a sense that works, but but only if you keep in mind, as you have said, guys have said, to keep your skill set in mind, because as a McDonald's worker, they 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 work for different different rates as well. Depending on the expertise, after all,
3: sure, right.
2: So you need right. to know you, 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 as an artist, you basically need to know your own worth. I mean, right. I can. Okay. I I usually I usually say I go, let's say I go fifty I go 50, fifteen dollars as a example fifteen dollar uh, fifteen dollars per mm-hmm. hour, right? Mm-hmm. I usually say that to people. Because those people that I do work for, in the only say in hourly rates when they t- when they work in that sense, so, so it's easier understand. for it's easier for them to understand. Sure. And then I always make sure to say that, but that's a give and take depending on h- how much extra that has to be added. Yeah, right. that gives me a, that gives me a lot of leeway to to add to it afterwards when it's done. Yeah, and I it's think- still. And that's still understandable between the two, between the, me and the buyer.
1: I think, you know, I'm very market focused. So I look at like, you know, the different factors that come into pricing. And some of you can see what I'm doing right now. I'm drawing a little circles with my fingers and stuff right I'm, Here's the circle of name brand value. You know, we've got that pocket. We've got um, skill level. You know, you've got all these factors that will factor into the, the market price of something, right? So I'm going to give you guys an example. Uh, an artist buddy of mine is just has been getting into commissions right and he's korean so uh he this is all new for him like he he hasn't been getting into and some of you might have seen i'm not going to name him but he's on the he, he's posted on the on the how to draw a comics form and stuff like that korean artist uh great ink work and everything like that right and um he got into doing commissions, right? And so he starts posting in all the commission groups and people are like, man, I love your stuff. And he starts picking up all these commissions and stuff and everything's great. And I I can't remember the pricing, but let's say it was 50 bucks a piece or something like that, whatever, 50 bucks uh, a mm-hmm. two-figure shot or something, right? For an example, let's put it that way. Right? Yeah. And he's like, boom, 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 he's banging off these commissions. He does a, a dozen of them and he's like, and his skill's getting even better. Like he, he's getting good, people are posting, yeah, it looks good. Does a dozen pieces and he's like, all right, I'm in it. To win it, doubles his prices. Say oh, man. X. Silence. Then it's silence after. No commissions. Why? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he was good. You know, he's got the skill. Mm. Uh, people liked his work, but he didn't have the name attached yet, mm. didn't have the exposure yet. You know, like, yeah. people were giving. he was starting to get good feedback and stuff, right? But he wasn't quite there yet. And so, yeah. and you got to be careful of this because if you bump your prices and then wheel them back too much, like people might, the, the value of the product then gets a little hinky and stuff like yeah. that, right? So what I yeah. actually advise them is like, you know what you do? You've already set your price at 100, run a sale and find the find pocket.
3: There you you know? go. Mm-hmm. So your,
1: your price is 100, you're blowing them out at 50, <laughs> run a sale at 70, like back to school special or Halloween special, whatever the, hell the holiday's coming or whatever, and see if you can run them out at 70 mm. and see if that number hits. Uh, don't yeah. change your base price, but uh, throw some sales and then you can kind of adjust to see where where
3: the actual market pocket
0: is for you. That's a great idea. People
3: like And go. people like sales after all, so that's right. a good idea. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, like, like for me, the, the way that I do it, and, and uh, I think it's a misunderstanding when you say hourly rate. Um the way that I do it and the way that I've seen other artists do it is through practice you f- you figure out how long something takes you. Sure. So let's say you do yeah. a headshot, right? To me yeah. a headshot takes roughly 20 to 30 minutes, maybe yeah. less, right? But but you know, you don't want to make it less than, than 30 minutes. So you just say okay, between 20 and 30 minutes is your is the amount of time it takes you, takes you to do a headshot, right? So right mm-hmm. there you have a basis for for an hourly rate. So that's half of an hourly rate, right? So like if, if i want to get paid 30 dollars an hour you could say that, that that halfway point is 15 which is not what i charge but you know i charge more along the lines of 25 to 30 yeah. um actually probably more than that but um so so from there you start to say to yourself well how long does it take me to do uh, an upper torso how long does it take me to do a full body how long does mm. it take me to do you know include backgrounds how long does it take me to do multiple figures mm. and you base you base all that into there. So when yep. when someone asks, well, how much do you charge? You don't say to them well, I charge twenty five dollars an hour. It doesn't work like that. No one's gonna hire you that way because, you know, it's daunting for them to hear that. You know, imagine someone come to you and say, hey, I'll draw this for you for twenty five an hour, but you have no idea how long it's going to take them. Sure. You know, they yeah, can say they like, ah, it might take me like two hours. Who knows? Hmm. You know, yep. like so basically you tell them, okay, look, look, um, I charge. You know for a full eleven by seventeen illustration, I charge two hundred right i i don't I don't even break it down really, yeah. but um it takes me between six to eight hours for something yep. like that, right yeah fully rendered, fully shaded, and stuff like that yep. any any if I finish early, then I finish early and it's it's all gravy, you know, like added yep. on top, but if it takes me longer then i I eat that that amount that I've gone okay. over. Mm. Yep. You know, I'm, I'm basically just setting a, a set amount of time and putting a price on that time. And right. then um, it, it's like a plumber, you know, you, you call a plumber, you say, I got this problem with my sink. You know, they don't charge you per hour. They just say, this is how much it's going to cost to fix that sink. You know, it's Depends the same country. principle.
1: Depends on the country. They, they sometimes charge per hour
0: per minute. I've seen a <laughs> <per> minute. <laughs> Totally okay, we need to start charging per minute.
1: That's that's totally on that except for one thing about eating the price on something I'll eat the price if it's my mess up or if it's my you know sometimes we all know putting together a piece Sometimes you flub it sometimes it, it, You get stuck sometimes whatever happens and it takes twice as long as it right. hmm. but when a client has more than one revision. And I always, this is something about commissions that I think is really important is uh, you have stages, at least I do, you know, like I have stages in my communication where there's no going back. So I say, okay, you know, at this stage of the communication, you give me a brief description of what it is, right? And I give you a brief sketch. Once we've agreed upon this basic concept sketch, we move forward into the next one, but we never go backwards. Once we've agreed to that point, you know what i mean like i'm not going to eat my time and go back on something or something like that if you told me that you want three figures and i draw you out three figures and by the time we're at stage two or three you say no 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 can i can i do this you know it just won't work yeah. it's a whole new piece right. now right and i'm not going to mm-hmm. eat that in, in my time and in, in my money or anything like that so if it's right. my mess up, i'll eat it like i won't even mention it i won't even mention it to the person Like. This one took me twice as long or something. I probably, I wouldn't even say it. I'd be like, it was a joy to work on your piece, right? Even though I I frustrated the fuck out of me or whatever, right? I wouldn't (laughs) say it to the client. Yeah. But, and I'll eat that cost, but not if it's a matter of communication on their side. And so I always try to make it clear in my, in my commission descriptions and stuff like that. This is the series of communication. Once we go past this, ain't no going back.
2: Yeah. That's a good, that's also a good way to do it because then. (laughs) Then you, then you are absolutely certain that you you won't get screwed in the end, yeah. At least as much, at least as, as much as you might might have, because Jump if up. you give if you give people if you give people leniency, they're gonna grab the, grab it all and take it from you with the can. Some will. There's gonna be that certain percent of the population <laughs> they'll
1: they'll abuse yeah. it and stuff. so you gotta you gotta minimize any damage as a, as a commission artist that it inflicts on you. So, for example, let's say Death is drawing up a Wolverine sketch, right? And somebody says, oh, no, I told you, man, I wanted yellow suit Wolverine, not uh, tan and brown. And Death is like, no, you didn't. It's already in the, yeah, I did, but he didn't, right? What Death has already got sitting in front of him right now is a commission he can sell. You know, he could sell it as an original artwork. So even though his time is invested in it, you know, he set himself up in a certain way that it's still not a complete loss, right? Mm. And so, as an artist, I think you should be careful that you minimize the hits because we all we're all in poor, starving artists to begin with.
0: We, we talked don't about need risk
1: to take big hits or sky, like yeah. that. So, <clears throat> structure any earnings, whether we're talking about later about comic cons or about print publishing or these commissions. Structure it. So that you minimize any potential hits
3: to right. your Yeah, costs. And that, that, that being said, whenever I take on commissions, I, I usually, you know, I usually go through PayPal. That seems to be the, yeah. the, the the way to go nowadays. But whenever I do commissions with PayPal, I never <clears throat> I want it to be fair to the customer and I want them to feel yep. like they're not being taken advantage of. So like for me, I always come to an agreement on a set amount for as a as a prepayment. So like um, I usually try to do like 50-50, So if something costs like you know two hundred or three hundred, let's say let's say two hundred, right? I'll usually yep. ask for a hundred upfront, and then a hundred once I complete it. Like I'll once I'll it's complete, I'll send them the image, and then I'll say it's done. Once I receive that, you know the last hundred, you know I'll, I'll mail it off. Totally. Um, <clears throat> yeah. You, that way, I, I've had it before. You know I i I've, I've done a drawing for somebody, and. You know, I showed it to them in, in progress stages and they loved it. And they were like, oh, that's great. Yeah, that's great. But when it got done, um, I would message them and they wouldn't respond back. And, and you know, I'd message them yeah. and they wouldn't respond back.
0: It's the hardest yeah. lesson, man. But <clears throat> that's exactly that's it. A little bit up front. And then yeah. at the end, make make sure you, you you don't screw yourself over. That's exactly what I do, though, man. I, I'm, I'm like 100 up front, 100 on completion. And that saves you and they, they're going to obviously pay you that that last hundred as well because they've already invested their money and into it, it right
1: where having a reputation and a history mm. whether it's on deviantart whether it's on a, a facebook group or page or it's it's the fact that you're not a new face and that you've got not just two or ten commissions in the bank but 20 40 100 Mm-hmm. That people say, hot oh, damn, this this person is, you know, they're going to come through. They don't
0: just disappear on people. Yeah. If they
1: Google your name, they don't see a string of complaints about you or something like that. You know, mm-hmm. that's important. Reputation,
0: right? Absolutely, man. hundred yeah. percent. Yeah.
1: Okay. So switching on to commissions, uh, next area. Uh, well, well, actually,
0: actually yeah. oh, uh, I was just going to um, ask you guys, we talked about pricing your commissions, but how do we go about getting them? Right. Because there's a lot oh of ways gosh. that you can go about getting them. Um, so how do you guys go about it? Because I'm sure that we all have different approaches here. Um, do you tend to find that people just kind of inbox you and say, Hey, are you available right now to do this or that? Or do you have to actively go out there and kind of seek out that work?
2: Well, I have to seek it out seeing I don't use mm-hmm. social media. Mm-hmm. But uh, well, and we are <clears throat> talking. Talking about the business aspect overall, and not just how to do it over social media here. So, how I how I usually approach it, how I usually approach it. Let's say it's when it's not coming from someone who's seen my work elsewhere. Like when I've if I've been working for the city, my big city mall or something on a project there or something like that, I usually go directly to. Once something I did, I went to a local local restaurant. And I just literally find the, uh, found the owner, and I, and I said, that logo you got there, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, You're like, hey, uh, I can I, help I, you yeah. out here. Uh, I was literally being being a prick, and I, or, or just brutally honest with him, and I could see just when I said, that logo you got there, man, I could see on his face that he was like, just yeah. by that. And I did, then, then I saw my my chance to just so happens to be, I do this for a living. Mm, yeah, yeah, right. There you go. Yeah. And then I got him, and he <clears throat> started talking, and he got, and turned out, he got a lot of, Perfect. had a Perfect. lot of contacts, that right. he just, made, that he sent it through. So, a, a month after, I, I had done that work for him, I had I had like, 17 other jobs, in that in wow. that department, just awesome. by, by catch, got, but just by being blunt and catching the right person for it, why right okay. not? And I guess that's all Also, that can also work in social media that you approach the person mm, definitely. like, definitely. like right. that. That's also a possibility to do. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I of, co- of course, when it's but, but yeah. you need to be, you need to be more careful because it's not face to face. It's via text, after all. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you need to be more. You can't be as brash as I was when I walked face to face with him. Yep. Then again, well, I, I had I I, I I, I <laughs> well come to Denmark, Death, you'll see. Okay. <laughs> so, Death, how do you get your people back, man? I There's
3: so many different ways. Like, um, I'm going to be honest with you guys, today, I, I think nowadays is the most, it's the most diverse way of, of making income as, as an artist. Oh, yeah, it's, man. It's, it's, it's the most diverse way for anybody. To make an income, doing anything that they love. Like, um, it, I use social media. I do conventions. I do a lot of networking. It, it's kind of, you know, they, they. I know this isn't financial, but like the term networking. It's it's such a misleading term in, in comics. Like, whenever you ask somebody, like, what are the most important things that you need to do, and um, you know, they always they always say networking, right? And that just it sounds so impersonal well yeah. all it really is is building relationships with people yep. um yep. you know and 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 it can be it can be as impersonal as, as just being business like associate you know like mm. meeting an editor and saying hey can you look at my work and then building a a business rapport with them it can be that but it can also be you know going to your local comic shop and getting to know your co- the comic shop owner yeah. or you know like uh you know, whatever the case may be, like um a commission that I got was really my foot in the door, was I I, I walked into a comic shop, didn't know anybody, right? And I went up to uh the owner and I basically said, Hey, um, uh, I'm an artist. I see you got some space on your wall. Um, mm-hmm. you know, would you mind if I sold some of my stuff here? You know, and, and uh his first reaction like who the hell is this guy right coming in here like that but then yeah you know he's he's like whatever let's let's take a chance and so we did it and after a while he was like hey i got a call from valiant wow um and they 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 want to do an exclusive cover for our store and we need an artist and so that is amazing. That's man. how I got my foot through the door. It's just through networking. Like I, I wish I could say it was because my artwork was so great that like <laughs> Valiant came kicking down my door, but no, it's yeah. <clears throat> when, I, when they say it's who you know, in a way, it is who you know, or but like, you do yeah. have to be ready. You do yeah. have to be ready when when that opportunity comes. You know, Maybe. like
2: if, and it's also a little spot, a little a little spot of just dumb luck. Yeah, because you probably. Uh, he could probably have chosen. Uh, he, he probably knew other artists as well. So mm. basically, yeah, basically just dumb luck. Or are you know, could have anyway. been a
1: comic book store or something like that. Who knows?
2: Exactly. But it yeah. came in perfectly,
0: right? Yeah. I think that that's such great advice, though, Death, and I love that you said it's not just about networking for the sake of business reasons, right? But it's actually creating a relationship with these people, and and creating that rapport with them because. You know, even uh, with the how to draw comics and and getting students on board and into the courses that, that I'm creating on there, it's like when when you reply to the emails and and you actually really want to help them out and and you care about them, that's that's when they're going to come back and that's yeah. it's it's an awesome 100%. it's an awesome connection to be able to make with people and at the end of the day, when you think about why we do artwork and and why we, we we follow our passions it's not for money many of us uh, aren't making that much bank following our passions right it's it's not the best financial decision to make maybe becoming a a tax agent or some or something or um you know working at a computer in an office but flipping burgers and macas, right um yeah. but you know it's why we do it is to give our artwork to the world and so it's There's no point in doing that if there's not some kind of back-and-forth communication there. If we never get to see or feel people are enjoying what we're doing, then it's – I I imagine for most of us, it's going to be an unfulfilling path to follow. So, yeah, man. Totally agree.
3: There's a realization that at first, you really are selling your art. That's what you're doing at first. But there comes a point where you're not selling your art anymore. You're Mm -hmm. actually selling yourself. Like it's yeah. it's you that they're following. It's, it's it's you that they're they're taking they're putting an investment in. Mm-hmm. You know, when when you're just starting off or, or, or whatever the case may be, and, and you get these these followers or these repeat customers, yeah. they're not just coming to you because they like your art. They're coming to you because they want to see you succeed. Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's when you look at something like Kickstarter or Indiegogo, any of those funding campaigns and stuff anytime I've supported something, it's not just the product, but it's wanting to see those people succeed. Yeah. Because, partly because of the product, but partly because of their vision and who they are and stuff, right? Mm.
0: Yeah, because you know, yeah, you know, they care about what they're doing. It's, there's yeah. some heart behind it. It's not just a business move that they're making. Um, yep. I think that's what gets us to fall in love with, with these artists that we follow and, and admire. Like even as artists ourselves, it's like, um, you know, you hear their backstory, you hear how they got came up in the game, and, and when whenever they post out their artwork and they're talking about the, these characters that they're passionate about or, or the stories that they're working on, it gets you hooked in. It makes you feel the same way about it, and that's why you ultimately end up forking out, you know, a couple bucks for a, an issue of this comic that they spent months, maybe even years, creating because you know that they, they put a lot of love into it, and that's kind of priceless in a way. Right. So if you can help them put some bread and butter on the table in return, it's we we enjoy. I think a lot of people forget is that we enjoy buying stuff, right? Like the experience of buying something is one of the biggest dopamine hits that you could get. It feels fantastic. Now you buy a new video game, a new comic book. It's a great experience. But uh, I think that as artists, we we're kind of afraid to put on the the businessman hat and start to charge people for our work, because we feel like it's a we feel like i don't know we're we're cheating the the system in some weird way, like I, I think that there must be some kind of mindset that we're brought up with in society where you know being a salesman isn't really uh, something that that we aspire to be, but I think, I think it's very
1: important half, I think that's half the the side of the coin, the other half is. How often is art devalued in society nowadays
0: well yeah you know I mean? yeah. Like, that's, yeah that's a
1: huge side that we all talk about sometimes oh i'll get you exposure oh you know oh you, yeah yeah
3: real,
1: you know like it's so wow. okay. that, that you know we sometimes like just it's hard to say hey i'm putting value on this right and yeah oh yeah that's a that's a big part of it yeah. definitely
0: and I think yeah. um, what you were saying, uh, Ed, when we just going back really quick to the the pricing stuff is, yeah, some people will price their work at say, you know, say five bucks a commission, and that's some people have done that. I've seen it on the group where they're like, hey, I'll draw you something up for five bucks. Uh, another yep. person might be like, all right, it's going to be two hundred and fifty dollars a piece. And right. the thing is, is that we talked about what happens when you take your commission price from five dollars to say. Uh, you know, fifty bucks or a hundred bucks, then suddenly people don't want it anymore. Well, it's because another part of the reason that that's not such a great move is because people become familiar with the price that you set yourself at. You know, you yep. become the five dollar guy, right? Yeah. And yep. It's same same with the two hundred and fifty dollar dude. If if he's making artwork and people begin buying it at that rate. And he's getting better, of course, and you know, he's creating and selling a good product. He'll become just known as the $250 guy. And you hear about this all the time in the actual industry. You know, Whatever price you set yourself at, you might be the, the $5 guy, but, uh, and you might get a lot of work, but your price isn't ever going to really go up. Yeah. So,
2: so what you're saying is that I should start at thousand dollars.
0: I think you should. Be safe. You, should, you, you know. always got to measure it against the actual <laughs> level of quality that your work is. Um, you know, you, and you know, I think you know, you you kind of put you, That's why it's important to put your work out there, Rick. Is you want to get that feedback and you want to kind of test the water, see how people are reacting to the work that you're doing. Again, it's a product, yeah, right? See, at see, the end of the day.
2: So that's, that's what I'm most uh, most afraid of because I do have I do have hmm. pricings. But but those those two people I meet face to face when mm. I when I work out contracts and jobs and we work out prices there. But when it comes to social media, should I just should I start uh, my, my my issue with that is should I should I reconsider the, my social media pricings or should I put them as my yeah real life pricings well, if you know no, what just, I mean? Well, think of
1: it this way important. What if one of your real-life clients looked online and found a cheaper price from you? Yeah.
2: Right. Well, but then again, then, then again, if I make, if I make, if I when I do it on social media, chances are that, that it will stay digital after all, and it will not yeah. be made right. in print, or it will not be done with when I when I do my traditional work. Yep. Just keep it in mind. yeah 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 yeah. the the most important
3: thing to consider uh the the most important thing to consider is where's your main source of income coming from yeah you you have to you know you you have to rely on that more than the other so like um yeah (laughs) so like um if if you're saying that most of your work comes from like the traditional method like mouth to mouth and you know like um just actual footwork of going out there and getting that work uh you kind of have to treat social media as sort of like a side thing, just at least until it, pick, it picks up. So yeah. what I would do is I wouldn't lower my rate. I would keep it the same, and I would see how it does. And if it doesn't do well, but your, your, your traditional way of doing it is still servicing you well, then you know, I, I would just keep going that route. And then once, mm-hmm. if your social media you know, method starts to pick up, then you need to adjust the way you do it. It's yeah. you know it's so that it it better suits your you know the way that you want to do things because ultimately, it, I'll put it like this: if you had two comic books, right, and and one was doing great and the other one was doing not so great, you're gonna put more effort into the one that's doing great because that's that's what you know split test buttering yeah. your bread. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah absolutely. <laughs> and you know the the thing is is your social media following is kind of like your test group, right? It's your focus group. So you don't even have to start, like, you know, if you're new to social media, um, it's probably not a good idea to just start saying, hey, like buy my stuff. Like we, we talked about that cultivating that relationship before. Cultivate the relationship, put out great content, maybe even give out a few tips and, and advice and maybe show people your process. Talk about your experience creating and build that relationship and then, you know, throw out. maybe the offer that that you're up for commissions and you're available for them and see how you go from there because um, if you don't get that general feel for how people are reacting you don't really, it's almost like you don't really know what level you're at except in your own mind Uh, you might think you're the the bee's knees but in reality you're not really creating the art just for yourself, that's not going to make you money you're creating art for the customer and so their opinions matter a lot and uh, I think, yeah, just putting it out there, man. You got, you know, again, once upon a time, they had to spend thousands and thousands of dollars sending snail mail to people's mailboxes, yeah, just to see if they'd get someone writing back that was interested in their product. These days, we do that in a fa- Facebook post in five uh, minutes. I do that. I do. Yeah, that th- instant I feedback.
2: That. I still do that with email.
0: Yeah.
2: I'm um, saying, so- so, but, but so, so what you're basically saying is my approach be the same when i step into social media because when i started 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 sell, selling my stuff in traditional the traditional way it was it was the same way starting out just by 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 showing things and pay, paying for be paying for it to be shown in like restaurants and other places where people would notice it which mm. is basically the same approach
0: yeah yeah right. but,
2: but it was what that was one of the things that had that has i i've really that has bothered me too much you know when a thought that's not really simple to answer just starts bothering you too much and that was one of them uh, with, with the pricing done should i change my prices on shows and media but no but then, then i could lose custom then i could lose the customers i already had if they co- came to see i was selling Nothing. selling uh, my- selling my, my stuff close. uh selling my stuff cheaper online than I do to them yeah. and I wouldn't do that because those people that I already got in my network those are more important than those I don't have and yeah right. I never have <clears throat> but I'm gonna
1: I'm gonna toss this out because I think it's super important yeah as soon as you put your stuff on the internet you're in the big old world and you're now competing globally oh, yeah. and things in the macro sense you know and so you know, in, in in your small town or in your local city or whatever it is, you've got a certain circle of competition. You know, you've got X number of artists, whatever, you know, uh, and your pricing is based on not just your cost of living in that area, but also everybody's incomes in that area and stuff like that, right? As yeah. soon as you go global, that, every part of that changes. It doesn't change necessarily... You can still be the good guy, you still communicate with people, you still put yourself out, you still network, you still make friends. That's all good. That, that's not going to change. Interpersonal relationships are still at the forefront of it. Yeah. But to say that you can do business exactly like you would locally as you would internationally mm. might I don't know. Work as well yeah. as you, you could imagine. So really just keep it in mind that, you know, yeah, I'm saying don't kill your bread and butter, keep doing those and then just dip your toe Online, you know what I mean? Just dip your toes into it and yeah. stuff. Oh you yeah, help. that's
2: my. Uh, uh, I was I was never planning on going all out social media, like jumping headfirst into it, because that would be, that would be business suicide, to be honest. <laughs>
3: yeah, quit everything and jump online. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it's just like um when I do conventions. Okay, so what what I charge digital? Uh, not digitally. What I charge online through social <laughs> media, um what i charge in person from you know someone that just commissions me here and what i charge at conventions are three different prices sure. um, because online i have to take into consideration shipping i have to take into consideration like mm. you know <clears throat> uh, i mean there's just different things that you have to take into consideration production when costs. you do it production costs when mm. when you do it in person you know like usually they want to meet so you got to meet them somewhere and and, and but the, the shipping is not not an issue, so you don't really have to con- worry about shipping, whereas at a convention, you really have to look at the landscape at a convention to tell like what you can and cannot charge um you know but one convention you can go to convention. yeah the the overhead of a convention i mean yeah. you you probably looking at having to make like around a thousand dollars before you actually see a profit like right. it could be a little less, but it's around a thousand dollars if you, yep. you're going there with with a decent amount of stuff to sell, um, you know, like, gonna, there's different factors. Like, if you go to a different city, right, like, if, if I go to Anaheim, I'm in San Diego, if I go to Anaheim, um, I've got to get a hotel room. For, for a three-day three, three day convention, I've got to get a hotel room for two days. That's probably going to be around, like, like $300 for two days, May, maybe a little less, but just on average 300 and then the table itself can range between 150 to 250 so you're looking at you know roughly five to six hundred dollars right there and then I you, you consider there's food there's there's prints everybody brings prints because your prints is what what hopefully is going to pay for your table Yeah. but like yeah you got to pay for prints if you have a comic you got to pay for those comics and then yep. if you're from if you're from another state you have to have all that shipped you know like mm. Yeah. You know, like ultimately you're you're really looking at spending roughly a thousand dollars you know, to do a convention. And then when you're at the convention, um, you know, you're doing whatever you can just to make that money back. You know, So like, do you like make it, make a profit death,
0: uh, oftentimes when you go to a convention? Like what do you do to, to make that back and, and hopefully more?
3: I do now. When I first started, um man, not even close. Like when I first started, I I, I would be lucky if I made a hundred bucks. And then you just had to look at it as a learning experience because if you didn't, you would depress the hell out of yourself. (laughs) 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 You just just be like, you just be like, oh my God, what am I doing with my life? Like seriously, like, um, and so like when you first start, it is like that where, where everything is a learning experience because if you looked at it as like a financial thing. It doesn't make financial sense at first. Um, now, yes, I can go to a convention and and I can make the money back and you know more. But there are definitely people that are more successful than me that, that I look at and I say like, okay, well, how can I emulate what they're doing mm. to improve? Um, but also, how can I take my failures or or you know like how can I take the, the, these these things that I've fail that at these conventions and adjust it so that I do, I do better. You know, um, I've, I've talked to Ed about conventions, about what he does at conventions, and he's more about selling a product at a convention, yeah. um, whether it's his comic or prints. My prints have never done well. Like, well hold on, let's rewind
1: for a quick second. Both of us are selling ourselves. Well, absolutely, absolutely. Right. 100%. And then it, secondary, you sell a service, I'm selling a product more. Hmm. Right. You sell right. your sketches. I sell prints. Right. But right. at the forefront, we sell ourselves. We pimp ourselves out.
3: And then it goes below. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. <laughs> but yeah. So, so yeah, my approach is I sell artwork. I sell original artwork. I, I do commissions on the spot. Yeah. Um, you know, ranging, you know, from headshots to full body. You know, usually I stick to that headshots, full body. Yeah. I usually only do one figure because you want to be able to service as many people as you can. Yeah. You know in in, in, you know, in in as quick an amount of time as you can. So you don't want to, like, have someone... If someone has a big commission, you usually just tell them, like, I'm going to have to take this home. Wow. Right? This is a big commission. You're charging. You know, you're, you're paying a lot for this commission. I can't just do it here. It'll take me all day. Yeah. I'm going to take it home, work on it at home, and mail it out to you. So you how know, long yeah. does
0: it take for, like, just a regular figure or a headshot for your death?
3: A headshot I can usually do in 15 minutes. Awesome. Um, Is that does, like, uh,
1: that's copic, copic markers and like that's rendering it out and stuff? Yes. That's fast, man. Um, yeah. Yeah. No. That's those <laughs> fast
2: headshots.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: There's a joke here somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, um, that, was, that was Did my
0: that have attempt, a, a punchline?
3: <laughs> um, yeah.
2: I, I basically... I,
3: I try to keep everything down to an hour, right? Like nothing goes over an hour. So like if I do a full figure, a full figure can take between 45 minutes to an hour and I don't allow it to go past that. Um, with the yep. exception of if, if I don't have anybody in line, if, if my list is clear then if someone comes and gets a commission, then, then I can take as long as I want on it to make it look as nice as I want. But like um, mm-hmm. I, I'll usually keep it to an hour um, and depending on what they pay, you know, like uh, if they... You know, you can, like, as, like for instance, I use gray-tone Copics. Um, yeah. But man, those bitches are expensive, right? Mm-hmm. So, so usually, yeah. if they want that gray-tone Copics thing, I'll usually, you know, say like, you know, line work is this much. If you wanted it grayed out, you know, I can charge you this much. Um, just different services, like whatever they want. Like, you know, usually, like I said, they'll have high prices for a headshot. Mm -hmm. Um, it, in, in gray tones, um, you can even do color, but like, I, I kind of stopped doing color because of the time, time situation, you know, you don't want it to take too long. So it sounds like
0: you make more doing commissions than, than the, the posters, like you were saying, that's really interesting, man. So people must like the experience of actually seeing you draw it up and
3: it depends. Like I've seen people that, that can charge, um, an exorbitant amount just for prints, and I don't really understand it. Like I don't know why they can do it, um, mm. and and be successful at it. There are people that that go to conventions and don't do any drawings; they just sell prints, mm. and they leave there, you know, making a considerable profit. Whereas, yeah. you know, um, you know, like like for me, I'll go there, and, and, and I I'll usually I'm I never, I try really really hard to never just break even. It's happened a few times, right, but like right. you know, and, and it's gonna happen every so often, but yeah. like um, you know, like uh, I do okay where, where I've seen like other artists just as skilled, if not more skilled, mm. um, just sitting there just with yeah. no work and, and just and and you honestly, you can't really quantify or you can't really figure out the formula of like why this is failing and this is succeeding. Um, it's almost an innate thing. You do it enough times, to where you start to gain the experience and you start to gain the confidence. And I almost feel like people can feel it bubbing off of you, yeah, or totally you know, coming off of you. And then they it's like you know, charisma. So there you yeah. go. So what's your you can, take?
0: Ed? What's your take, Ed? Because you've got you said that you kind of think of it more as selling a product.
1: Well, yeah. Well, first it's selling myself, and then it's selling the product. Yeah. Because yeah. And, and everybody's different, you know. When I Okay, it was the same thing as death, is that I did, you know, I started out doing cons and stuff like that. um, But I started them in Asia. And in Asia, they often don't talk to the artist that much, regardless of language barriers or not. A lot of the Asian artists at Comic Cons are studio artists that don't talk. Like, they just hide behind their booth and they don't talk at all. So prints were a big thing, and original artwork wasn't. Um, when I went to the US and Canada to do cons, I started doing sketches and stuff like that, but I felt that for me, and this will sound funny, but I was in the selling mode, like the Comic-Con is my meet and greet, I don't sit down for seven hours or eight hours straight, I stand, I shake hands, I take pictures, I jump out from behind the booth, I'm there just selling everything. Selling myself, selling my tablecloth. I don't care what it is, I'm selling it. Do you know what I mean? Oh, man.
0: I wish I could so see for, that. I wanna see you at a so con.
1: <laughs> right, you know, like, you. yeah, we're, I had a blast la- at the last Comic-Con a month ago. Um, and so, you know, for me to sit down then and try to draw, my hand it gets twitchy as hell, right? You know, I'm all, I'm just too hyped. So if I have other people working the table with me and they can sell and I can draw, I do it, but most of the time I'm running the table by myself. And as Death said, I'm trying not to lose money, right? So you know, tables run anywhere from like hundred dollars for a small show, fifty to hundred dollars, up to I think my last table was seven hundred and fifty dollars. That's just the table. That's that's nothing else. That's just that space. That's not prints, transportation, hotel, food, uh, anything else, banners, you know, plastic baggies. That's nothing, right? Like, that $750 is just a table. So I got to make money. And so when I get into a condom, I just switch gears and I'm like, time to meet and greet, time to sell. And it's not, I hope I don't come across as like the, the used car salesman or anything like that. You know, like, it's not that, it's just that I'm geared to I just can't sit down. I'm I'm all over it and stuff when I'm You're not
2: there for you're not you're not you're there for business first and enjoyment second.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't even piss, I don't eat, I don't do anything. I'm just pure work for me. It's like this is like yeah, this is my time to earn, you know? And but it's not just earning because you know if I put money at the forefront of what a Comic Con is you're going to mess yourself up because as death said, you're going to run into comic cons where you don't make that much money or where you come out at loss and stuff. And I've been there and you got to really assess what's going on. But the first and foremost of being in the comic con is putting myself out there. Do you know what I mean? Putting myself meeting those people, potentially meeting other artists, even that I love that part of it. But I mean, like meeting potential clients, the exposure of it all, the networking, not, not, not the corndog sense of it, but like the, the authentic, like shaking somebody's hand, looking in their eyes, and say, thank you for supporting me. You know, I really appreciate that. Right. And so that's how I gear myself in a comic con. And so if I take any commissions, I might do them at night, uh, in between or before, before the show starts in the morning, I'll come in like an hour too early sit down and do up some heads, head, head shots and sell them off that day or something. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. just Wolverine, Storm, like a, a few popular ones. As I'm just kind of relaxing myself before the show starts, I just start drawing some heads and stuff and then uh, throw them in my, you know, m- my portfolio and sell them off or whatever and stuff, right? So, um, yeah, I think everybody's got to find what works for them. And, and you'll see, as I said, like sometimes I'm sitting in a Comic-Con, not sitting, standing, and I'll look across me And nine of the 10 other artists are just sitting there with their heads down. And I I, I think to myself, how are they, what what are they doing here? Like they're not making money. I can't see them making money and they're not meeting people. So it must have some, something going on that I don't know about some (laughs) enjoyment of just sitting here or something that I'm not getting.
0: So you have to to be really outgoing, right? You have to be outgoing and, and you have to draw people in. And I can see yeah. you doing that as well, Ed. Like you seem like a super, a, a super confident, like really energetic. And I can see how that can be contagious and and really draw people's attention to you. Yeah.
1: I hope the cons. Yeah, I find you know online I'm kind of a little bit straight. Like I just shoot pretty like a little bit too strongly sometimes. I think
0: your online but version even, of you doesn't sound like the the real version of you.
1: <laughs> in person, I'm. I'm yeah. I, I smile a lot more.
0: Yeah. <laughs> gives it context yeah. so yeah so for you guys is the comic cons like kind of your main source of income like is that your biggest opportunity to sell your art and, and make those sales or is it, is no. it online commissions <clears throat> that kind of thing
3: you you can you can make a lot in a big in a short amount of time like a clump yeah. Of, of, yeah. of profit in a short amount of time yeah. but as far as like continuous income throughout the year I like uh as far as commissions go, I do roughly like five a month. You know, nice, five man. or six a month. So like and it, that's not every you know, every month. Some there's, some months there's light months, sometimes there's heavy months, you know. Um but so like throughout the year you make more. But when you do the conventions, at least for me, um, there's there's just this, this little gap of time where you can maximize the your earning potential. So like um you know, like like, like he said, how like uh, how Ed said, you know, when he's at a convention, he might do like a commission, like a sketch commission and take it home or, I mean, take it to his hotel and do it overnight and give it to the next day or whatever. For me, for an average convention, I do between like 20 to 30 commissions for like a two or three day event. Wow, man, um, that is insane. <laughs> like but a figure that
1: burns you out. Yeah, you know, whether you do that style or doing it my style, after three or four yeah. days, comic-con you are cooked yeah you, know? you wouldn't I'm want to like draw again long... for a while right <laughs> like a long zombie. Long. sure you make up you don't make a lot of money but let's say let's say even if it's, it's your best comic-con ever you made a, a shit ton of money a couple thousand dollars or whatever profit and stuff like that in a couple days that's decent money you know a thousand bucks a day or whatever right like hmm. whatever numbers are your numbers right right but ha- to, to be able to do that over any prolonged period of time or something like <laughs> And it depends where you live, you know, whether you're in Australia, Europe, uh, U.S., Asia, you know, you're all over the place. How convenient and how scheduled these cons are, are, you know, it's either feasible or it's not, right? For, and for most people, it's not.
2: Yeah, right. But, but you're, not, you're not really going to the Comic Con to, to earn that instant money, though. You're, you're, you're mostly in there, surely, in order to earn, uh, earn more network for, yes. To, well, get, uh, it, to, yeah. get, to get the to get the earnings through the years, That I think that isn't isn't that the the biggest mindset to go into a comic con with? But
1: Rick, I'm going to tell you this, man. That that is. But when you're walking into a comic con with a thousand or two thousand in the hole, that 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 comic con cost you. Do you know what I mean? Like, you're at your yes, table.
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, <I> don't <laughs> you don't one. you don't
1: leave
3: your table. I don't leave but my when, table when I go to a convention. Like, right. I stay oh, at no, that no, table no. because because I don't want to lose that possible chance of a sale or a commission because of the fact that I have so much invested into yeah. that. Oh, that but, yeah,
2: of course, of course I get you on that, but it was just the whole whole thought process of, of we are speaking to people <laughs> that might, might never gone to a con that right. may want to know what what mindset first and foremost should you to go to a con for for instant earnings or right. or to, or right. to enhance your network enhance and the, work, But not lose any money brother.
1: Like yeah. honestly oh, yeah.
3: Yeah. <laughs> If you're if you're going for that purpose if you're going for that purpose It, it doesn't even behoove you to get a table like you can right. just go in as as a Attendee with a portfolio yeah. and show around your portfolio you in fact You'll do a lot more networking that way than you will having a having a table. Like, yeah, yeah. you go to a convention with your portfolio, you, you go to every table, you introduce yourself to every editor, try to get to know every artist, try to get to know other artists that are in the same level as you, yeah. you know, whatever the case may be. You can do a lot of that as an attendee. You can do almost oh, yeah. zero of that as, as, a, as, a, as a person in artist alley, or, or as a person in small press or whatever. You're stuck at yeah. that table. Like, the, the, you're not going anywhere.
1: When so, those doors open to when they close, you are pinned at your table and working, working, working. And so, so you know a lot, a lot of I don't it, it might a be of- Stanley that comes to the Comic Con. It might be whoever. I've got no opportunity to get out from my table and go meet and greet. The only time I can do it is before the doors open and after the doors close. And for dinner in the evenings with with other artists and stuff like that. That's the time to network for me.
0: Hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah.
1: Oh yeah, if you're just going for networking, buy a ticket and go. But because, and I'm not being mean about this, because if you get a table, that's a business, and yeah. you're gonna cost you money. New York smallest table is 500 bucks, if I remember, and it might have gone up since last time I was in New York. You know, wow. um, I'm telling. Um, yeah, all the big cons start at 400, 500 bucks at a starting table and everything. Okay, and so. Ooh this is fair. an investment man. this is not uh like yeah really keep that in mind that there's maybe it's because i just finished one so the, the numbers are still fresh in my mind but there's mm. a, a fair amount of pressure and costs involved mm. in being a vendor at at a comic-con
0: yeah I, I totally agree with you ed i think it's important to really take that mindset into com into consideration because there is the artist mindset yeah we love to create we have a lot of love for it but if we want to sustain it, you've got to be the business dude from time to time as well. And so that does mean looking at the numbers from time to time and and kind of making your moves based on them and hopefully still being able to do what you love at the same time. So I think it's it's good to encourage both mindsets. You know, I think we're either usually one or the other. We're too much business or we're too much creative. But, yep. um And you see that a lot here, actually, in Melbourne, Australia, where you've got the artists, and they really are artists, you know, they're very very artsy-fartsy, and then you've got, like, the the business dudes that are, like, you know, they're they're making a killing mostly online, I think, just because of the fact that now you've got things like Redbubble and stuff, and, you know, the websites, you can make t-shirts, you can make this, and you can make that, and you don't even have to produce any of it. Because the website that you've got your artwork on is doing the manufacturing for you. So you just they put the order in, um, and it gets sent out to the customer. It's freaking fantastic. I mean, how convenient is that for an artist in our day and age? And I've seen some of your T-shirts, actually, as well, Ed. Um, Do you wear them to conventions and, and, uh, you know,
1: hey, would you you like one uh, of these? (laughs) I actually, uh, the last few years, I've been selling T-shirts at conventions and stuff. Uh, You got to be careful because each Comic Con will sometimes have different regulations about the type of product you can have on your table and stuff. Mm -hmm. So uh, if you're care, like if you're an artist alley, uh, some cons will restrict you from having three D objects, meaning uh, like plushies, shirts, those types of things and stuff. They'll put you in a section. So, anyways, you got to be careful. Just check with your local art, whatever artist alley you're doing and stuff at a con. Um, I I sold shirts online and in person um, print on demand is the best way to do it because then you don't carry an inventory exactly uh, yeah. right yeah um, my only caution would be copyright laws yeah uh, have you run into that when, when mass producing anything or uh, something you should be very aware of uh, and are extremely country and region dependent mm-hmm. so whenever I read online people saying this is illegal or this is this is legal and they argue back and forth I I honestly just tell them shut the fuck up because unless you can only talk about what's legal or illegal in your specific country or area and even then if you really understand copyright law and I've worked in a a firm for about 10 years you'll understand it's not illegal or legal it's enforceable or unenforceable and winnable or not winnable. Do you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. the the copyright suits and and so on and stuff, right? So um, I live in Asia, and Asia isn't well known for its copyright enforcement. Yes. So I probably can get away with certain things that others can't and stuff like that in some areas.
0: That explains Uh all your X-Men fan art. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Um, really so, good, by the way
1: but I don't give people advice as in you should or shouldn't do this yeah uh, my advice is be aware of what it's like in your area when it comes to any copyright issues or anything like that um, be aware of what it's like for you personally and stuff like that where you draw your own lines and everything right um, and be aware that anytime you, you hit very high numbers on a copyright infringement, you run the risk of, of a suit. You know, if, if you're selling, if you sell one picture of Wolverine, uh, you know, Marvel isn't going to come hunting you, Right. But yeah. if you sell 20,000 of that same picture, yeah, somebody will come knocking at your door somewhere.
0: Mickey right? Mouse. So no, okay.
1: no real advice in that other yeah. than the, uh, shirts are a viable option. Print on demand is the smarter one. I've done mm. both. I've, Because I live in Hong Kong, I've had shirts printed up for me, but then, you know what, I print off, let's say, 200, 500 shirts or something like that. I've got them sitting in my living room or in a closet somewhere until I sell out an inventory, right? Wow. So, you know, I can do that uh, and it brings my cost down and I can bring then the retail price down to the consumer, but print-on-demand is usually the better option because you don't carry inventory. You'll get a lower cut. Like those print-on-demand sites take the majority of of the profit cut, right? Mm. Um, so you'll get kind of a designer's share
0: or whatever, right? Yeah. But
1: you you have no inventory risks.
0: Mm. Mm.
1: So that's that's my advice on it on shirts.
0: Yeah, man. And I think one of the cool things about it is that it just goes to show that your ability to create art is very valuable because it means that you can produce it in a number of different ways. So it can be put onto T-shirts, it can be made into stickers, it can be made into collector cards, it can be made into comic books. I've made all of those. There's, <laughs> there's so much of it. And, and that does bring me to, to my next question for you guys is how many forms does your artwork exist in at the moment? And what oh. have you noticed in terms of, of what sells and what doesn't sell and what's worth uh, manufacturing it within that form and what's not worth it. Wants to
3: go and see. What about you, Death? Uh, I did a card series for Upper Deck. So um, cool, man!
0: That's amazing. You're would yeah. work with look, wicked well, on
3: on a card. Well, oh, but here's the thing, and I'm I'm not saying anything disparaging about Upper Deck, um, but the pay in comparison to the amount of time that it takes you to do those cards. Yep is not great. So like, you know, it, it sounds great to, to have something released and published by a major company like Upper Deck. But when I'll, I'll put it like this, I'm not going to say numbers, but yeah. when I when I do a card for Upper Deck, right? And then the pay is not great, but then you see that same card because what it is is it's sketch cards. So mm-hmm. like it, it's not like trading cards that they continuously print. It's one original card that you've drawn on yeah, like right. as, as a sketch. So I'll do the sketch for them or the drawing for them and then they'll sell it, right? And they sell it at a premium. So whatever I'm paid, you know, they're they're selling it for at least four or five times the amount that I was paid. Mm-hmm. But then on top of that, when you go online and you go on eBay and you see how much people are selling your card for that you worked on <laughs> on eBay no. and you see that it's being sold for. Over ten times the amount, or fifteen times the amount, you just mm. you start to scratch your head. So, like, yeah. So,
0: does the exposure it, balance not, that out? Like, do you get exposure, additional exposure from that <clears> for from, work, from working for a company that that big?
3: Not really. I mean, right. I, I, I'll be honest but with you. Hey, like, I, I, that—that's honestly the reason I did it. I thought, well, you get okay, credits from that, though, right? You do, you do. I mean, I, I can definitely say, like, yes, I work for Upper Deck, you know, I've I worked for yeah. Marvel through Upper Deck, yeah. um, you know, whatever the case may be, and and, and that does help, I, I, I suppose, you know, like, absolutely, you know, it gives you that credit, yeah. but as far as, um, as far as earnings are concerned, it's it's just not, not necessarily what you would expect, but um, right. But there's that, and I've done several covers for Valiant, for IDW. Uh, most of my work that I do is personal commissions, and most of those are traditional. I've only done a few digital, and I found that um, uh, I, I used to I did a novel cover series or no, novel series. I did covers for a novel series mm-hmm. um, called Dragons of Dorota, and and uh, that one was all digital. But like. Uh, um, but yeah, other than that, I mainly just, I mainly do tra- like traditional uh, personal commissions. I mean, out of
1: all that, out of all those different avenues, if you were to just choose one that you think is the most profitable, and when I say profitable, I mean talking about hours put into it, um, any print cost, shipping, like it, the whole meal
3: deal, the most profitable avenue for you is... For me, it's the personal commissions, but okay. that's that's not to say that the other things aren't important. Like like, oh, uh, oh, yep. Yeah. I was just curious, um, what was most profitable for you? Yeah, like, I, I, but I'll give you a, for instance, like um, the first job, the first professional job I ever got, I did for free. It was I was on spec. It was for a, a small movie company, and and I wasn't getting paid at all. So like like, yeah. it, but I, I went into it knowing. I went into it knowing that I wasn't gonna get paid. They weren't like, hey, we're gonna pay you if we succeed or whatever. They were just like, I can't pay you anything, man. And, and I was just like, you know what? That's cool, I'll do this for you. It wasn't like, like a month's worth of work. It was like maybe like, you know, two, three hours of work or whatever, but that was the first commission. But from that, uh, I got an IMDB credit as right. a concept artist for the, for the film. Yep. And from that, I got work doing like a monster series like, posters for Universal, like, doing, wow. like, some, some like, some of those, like, old Universal monsters and stuff like that.
0: That's amazing. Man. And
3: it, No, but I'm, t- but I'm just saying that it grows, you know, things grow from things. Like, you know, the, the old adage of, you know, the, there's an old traditional way where they say, like, how do you get in? How do you break in? You, you always hear people ask that, right? They say, how do you break in? And the answer is always, Oh, you you go to a convention, you have your portfolio, you go to editors, or you go to a portfolio review, you show your portfolio. I can almost guarantee you that ninety five percent of the people that do that don't get work. Oh, you yeah. have to find your 99%. own, you know Yeah <laughs> you have to do you have to find your own way. You yeah. know, like for me, you know you whatever avenue you can find to break in, I guess if you want to say it, because like technically, I've broken in but the thing is even once you've broken in you, you have to constantly keep trying to break in uh, at least for me at least right yeah. now it's, it's never like I'm in guys and then they're like hey welcome here's some work you know it doesn't work like that yeah. you know it's, it's it's always a constant like trying to find work you know so the whole idea of breaking in is not exactly what they say it is but but uh like um yeah, so you, you have to find your own way. I didn't start getting any work until I started tabling. Like I, I did for like years and years. I did this, the thing that everyone told you to do was take your portfolio and have it looked around. And every year they'd say the same thing. They'd be like, oh, you're almost ready, man, but you just, you're just missing something, which was mm-hmm. true at the time. But, you mm-hmm. know, I, was, I couldn't see it. You know, But um, I didn't start getting work until I got a table and I put my stuff out there. And, you know, what happened was it changes the dynamic. All of yeah. a sudden, instead of you going to people and showing you work, yeah. think about it. You show, you're showing someone your work that has already looked at at least, like, 50 other people's work that same day. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. they're already burnt out. They don't want to see it. But, you know, they just they want to be nice, so they don't want to brush you off. They're just looking to look, you know. Yeah. When you change the dynamic and you have your own table with your stuff set out, now they're coming to you. Now you're, you're, you're having them come to you and they're looking through your work and then they get to make a decision on whether they like it or not, you know, as opposed to you putting it in front of their face and then them, them basically having judgment over whether you're good enough. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So it really does change the dynamic. It really does make a difference. There's so many little things that make a difference that you just don't notice until you're actually doing it. Um, You know, uh. But yeah,
1: I mean. We're talking about products and stuff, products that sell. And one thing that I wanted to mention, because I think I'm the only one on here that's done it, is making a comic book.
0: Yeah, Um, I was going to ask you exactly about that, Ed. Yeah,
1: yeah. I wondered when that was coming. Captain Korea. This this is the, uh, you know, this is the How to Draw Comics uh, podcast, right? Yeah. So um, when I look at my whole product line, (laughs) basically that's what I name it. Because I've tried, you know, convention sketches, pre-convention sketches, uh, prints, mini prints, postcards, giant-sized prints, uh, stickers, trading cards, T-shirts. Wow. Holy, I I can't remember, like, and and comic books,
0: right? You're Uh, an expert on this.
1: (laughs) When I look at an entire, and I test that product line, you know, I test it one year, see how it works adjust, bring it back uh, to the next con, see how it works, adjust. You know, I keep changing it up and stuff, right? Um, there's a difference between what sells well and what is profitable. And um, y- usually if you do a con right, and if I, like this last one I did wasn't sold, uh, the con, what I consider it success because I pretty much sold out at everything. And... Uh, and I just, like, and I'm not talking, I didn't bring minimums. I brought a, a shit ton of product, and I sold a shit ton of
2: product. So I was quite happy with this. Yeah, but what was I'm, it, like, like, the, like 300 comics or something like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? Okay, hold on, hold on. Nice. So yeah. when I look
1: at my uh, my table and stuff like that, I look at it and say, all of it needs to go. But what makes me money? What makes me profit? You know, when I look at the print costs, when I look at the manufacturing costs on it, I've actually been looking into action figures lately. I've been contacting producers in in China, just a little north of me here, thinking of making an action figure for Captain
0: Korea. Oh yeah, that would be mad.
1: You know, I design the packaging, uh, the concept for the character, you know, all that kind of stuff. They make off the, you know, they make the mold, they make the character for me, right? You know, the, the figure. So, but, what can be the profit margins on all of these, right? You know, like for all the work put into it, how much money do I get to put in my pocket after it's all said and done, right? Mm-hmm. And that's why I asked Death that, that question, because I was like, what is actually the money maker? Now, that doesn't mean what advances you most in your, this is something that I've wrestled with in, in my artistic journey, is that the money maker isn't always the one that advances me most in my, in my, journey like it doesn't always advance my skill level it as much as other avenues might it doesn't advance my career as much as other avenues might but it's it puts the most money in my pocket do you know what i mean yeah uh and so sometimes i'm almost conflicted i'm like okay well and you'll see that on my art page i'll be like oh i'm working on this this practicing i'm trying to improve my headshots or i'm trying to improve this or my rendering or whatever and then you'll see me open up commissions for a couple months and I, you know, maybe I need to make some cash or something. And then I'll flip over to doing cover work for Marvel for a tryout or something. you know what I mean? All these kind of things, right? So, but today's podcast is about making money as far as I understand, right? Yeah. yeah. Then if I'm going to say this, the, the most profitable thing that I ever do is fan art prints.
0: Yeah, and it's not a surprise either, Ed. Hey, like it's
1: not, and and it's not a surprise to anybody who looks at my page or anything like that, or sees me at a comic con and stuff like that, right? Yeah. Because you got to figure one piece, like let's say I draw up this cool, I don't know, uh, copyrighted character piece, (laughs) nameless copyrighted character piece, right? And it takes me about ten hours to do this one piece, right? Yeah. Okay, looks pretty pretty decent i think i did a good job with it right that same piece i can continue to make prints off of and sell for the next five years yeah a badass piece i can sell that same piece printing it year after year selling it off and profiting off of it for X amount of years. And now I'll probably get a cease and desist order from,
0: <laughs> from Disney. <laughs> <They know> you, Ed. <laughs> Don't worry. We do not get that many listeners on here yet.
1: Yeah, I know. I'm um, hoping, hoping, uh, hoping. So you might be better. safe. But oh, I, uh, I was going to say. About, it's... Right? So I'm, I'm being honest here. Mm. Is that when I look at the amount of time invested, 10 hours into the amount of sheer profit returned to me, mm. then that's number one
0: yeah, and it's gonna give heart. you extra exposure as well, right? Because you're talking about a character that already has an audience behind it.
1: Maybe, maybe, man. It's really hard. I get exposure from a lot of different angles. Mm.
0: And so like I like for I example, can't, if you like, do a venom piece, now, now, right?
1: This is something death already knows is that like because of that fan art, it did give me the exposure uh, with Marvel and stuff like that. So yeah. it did translate into something very good for me and stuff in that way um but but i wouldn't i would never tell somebody if you just do fan art uh dc or marvel is going to notice you and they're going to pick you up no that that the odds are against i
0: was i was thinking more along the lines of say that you've got your instagram gallery or your you know your facebook page you know because people are searching for like venom art Literally Venom yeah. fan art. They're just looking for <laughs> Venom fan art, for example, or Deadpool. You know, when the Deadpool movie comes out, and one of the people who are super successful at this, I believe, is uh, a guy called Boss Logic on uh, Instagram. And you guys can can look him up uh, after this if you like. But he he's always every post he puts out is is a is a fan art piece, and it looks uh, it looks insane most of the time. It looks great, um, but he's. It's kind of like if if you're doing an original character, Ed, or Death, and you, you put that out, it's like you really have to do a lot of work marketing that particular piece oh, yeah. of artwork. It's all on you, all right? Because right? no one's going to be searching for the character. You know the character I just put out, Glitch, right? Nobody knows who Glitch is. And so uh, that's all on me, whereas you can kind of ride on the promotional back, back work that's already been done for an already existing character that's had the advertising and the money and the promotion put into it right it's kind of cheating but hey if you google
1: iron man and captain america yeah i've got an image that i did about seven or eight years ago that pops up on the top of the like towards it was at the like the first row of images because it was a fusion it was iron patriot before iron patriot came out and so that that's, uh, that image on my Deviant Art has over a hundred thousand
0: views on it and stuff like that. There you go.
1: And so, yeah, you know, my Deviant Art page has two point five million views, individual views on it. And so,
3: I attribute that to hmm. fan art being pulled into it and stuff like that. Yeah, it does. Like, it does pull. Fan those art. Views. Fan art is fan art. is the bulk of my mm. my business uh, of yeah. my commissions. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I I I don't necessarily have any creator-owned things. I don't consider myself a creator. Like, most of the people on How to Draw Comics and other forums that I've seen on Facebook, they refer to themselves as creators first, right? That Before they say artists, right? And mm-hmm. I've always seen myself as a as a work-for-hire guy. I've always seen myself as, like, a hired gun. You know, I, mm-hmm. I just take on jobs. And that's one way of going for, for it. Um, another way of going for it is being a creator. So, mm-hmm. like, for me... You know, I've done jobs where I do draw people's original characters and stuff like that. And you're right, it doesn't get as much um, uh, attention as, as fan art of established characters and stuff like that. Um, it's, and it's just the way it is, you know, like you can't really, you can't really compete with that. I mean, to be honest, like like I've seen creators who have their own characters that are super passionate about their characters and they they constantly releasing updates and stuff you know like for their comic or for their character and it's mm-hmm. like pulling teeth man it's like pulling teeth for them to try to get people interested in it mm. and yeah. you know it's, it's it's and i mean there's no real answer for it you know you can't really it's the idea of okay so there's a difference between um like the creation and the art like you can look at like a drawing and, and appreciate it for the skill that goes into that art yep. without, without having to really be interested in the character that, that is being drawn. Whereas oh. when it's more about the creation, right? When it's more about the creation, the, the creator is hoping that you're taking an interest in that creation over the art. Sure. You see what I'm saying? And Well, so, look at it,
1: how many times have we seen basically crappy fan art that gets blown up, like people, oh, that's so awesome. Because they love that character, It's a right? Familiarity,
0: you know? yeah.
1: Right. You know, right. it's the passion of the character that draws them, and it's yeah, and the fact that that character is well known. So when it comes to my own comic book, Captain Kriya, you know, I've, we're talking about making money and stuff. I've been playing with thinking of making a Kickstarter for it, and so I've been asking around, kind of gathering all the information I can on how to make a Kickstarter. I've never done it before, and so this is another avenue of income. That and that's how I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it as exposure for my my creation but hot damn i want to see if i can make some money off of it too you know like i want to see because right now as far as i'm concerned making an independent comic book on its own and this is interesting i don't know if you guys know this or not but i actually make money from captain Kree. i do okay with it and stuff right but most don't but i don't want to do okay like as in i'm not talking about like i do okay like really good no i mean i'm i make a profit but it's like barely there but yes i made a profit but not when i count how many hours went into those books and stuff right right i'm looking at kickstarter as like listen this is another way to put it out there to get more eyes on it to get exposure for it and to add value for the people that like it already and stuff right you know And, and then also to say well can i also make this so that I can make enough money as an income to continue making this book.
0: Mm. There you yeah, go. absolutely, yeah. man. That That's it. Um, well, guys, I'm sorry to, to have to bring this up. But would you believe we've been talking for like an over an hour and a half now?
3: <laughs> I don't think Rick has said anything for the last half an hour. R- so oh, I, I Rick's, asleep.
0: <laughs> Rick's passed out yeah he's i think well, he's yeah. literally asleep right now good <laughs> sign
1: of the podcast is we talk rick to sleep that's
0: yeah nice. yeah that's when we know that
1: nah, nah, yeah,
2: I'm, awake. Oh. <laughs> I'm awake
0: <laughs> like sorry man was, we didn't mean to wake you
2: what yeah. what, what, what did i miss,
0: <laughs> what did I miss? <laughs> yeah
2: um but yeah <laughs> I I mean,
0: it's it's just one of those conversations and and you know you get a group of us like together like this and I mean, there's so much value that that we've been putting out here and sharing, and I I just want to keep on picking your brains right now because I, I feel like there's still so much left to be said here, and um, I think we're gonna have to, you know, we're gonna have to definitely touch base on this again at, at, in a future podcast, and uh, yep. we, yeah. you know, we, can we I
2: just, have a lot, we we have a lot of catch-up podcasts to yeah. do like, yes. already.
0: Uh, Death, you're gonna <laughs> I
2: mean, say something. Yeah. Can I just finish oh, yeah. by saying like?
3: Yeah, yeah. Heck yeah, man. If you, if Go you ahead. work for Marvel or DC or uh, one of those major companies, when you when you get in, you start at like one hundred to one hundred and fifty per page, right? Right. And they only do twenty pages a month, so yeah. really, when you break it down, after taxes and everything, you're actually still living like below the poverty level. Is that like for so pencils like, and inks?
1: No, that's pencils.
3: Right. That's pencils. Um. So. If you think that you're gonna jump in and work for one of the major companies and all of a sudden you're gonna be like great financially, it, it's not the case. No. So, in in the market today, you have to diversify everything that you do, even if you are working for a major company. That's why they charge so much for sketch commissions. If you're a well, name well, and and you go to conventions, the reason they charge so much is because they have to supplement their income. Um, yep. you know it's it's, just, it's not really feasible to just just do a comic and then be okay with just that. It just doesn't work.
0: Yeah, absolutely, man. And I think, Ed, you're onto something as well because, you know, you sell Captain Korea as as a hard copy but also as a digital copy, and I think uh, if you can get to the point, and I think it's becoming more and more possible to do so, where you can build your character up and get a a bit of an audience behind it, or or your book, you know, it might not be centered around a particular character, but... um, Mm -hmm. You know, if you can do that, it can be very profitable in the long run. You know, that's that that passive income stream that everybody is dreaming about is is being able to create a comic, put it out there, and have people buy it while while you're sleeping, right? But, um, I think that's that gets into a whole other subject of marketing and and being a god at doing that somehow, right? Because <laughs> that's know, I, it's tough. We're comparing. Uh,
1: just touching on it quickly, you know here's my goodbye on it type of thing. I think diversifying, yeah. death, cut it down.
0: Heck you, yeah. You got, you got it.
1: And experiment with it, see what works. And then if it didn't work, change it up, try it again, you know, see see what, what, if other people are making it work, learn from them, benchmark what they're doing. You know, you could call it copying, whatever you want to call it. I call it benchmarking because if I'm seeing success, if I'm mm-hmm. seeing somebody else succeeding in an area that I want to succeed in, Oh, yeah. I break it down just like I do when I look at uh, Jim Lee's drawings or McFarlane's, or whatever. I break it down to its fundamentals. Say, like, why are they succeeding, and how can I do it? It's
0: very, great. very smart way of learning. I mean, that's that's the best way to learn is to to look at what somebody is doing that you can't do that you want to do. Break it down, figure it out, and model it. And yep. you know, that's that's why my artwork. When when people look at it, and I'm sure it's the same for you guys. Like people spot your influences straight away because you saw something good that you wanted to be able to do and you mastered whatever ingredient they were putting into their artwork that you wanted to add into your own so yeah diversification of what you're able to produce your artwork in in terms of for- the different forms that it is possible and uh yeah really i think the social media online stuff is is a very important aspect of it as well especially as we go more and more into the future that's going to become a bigger and bigger deal and it's going to become more difficult because of the the saturation that is increasing every single month as people jump online, um, yeah. you know all over the world. It's becoming harder, you know attention is is not real. so money is not really the uh, the currency that w- we'll be working with. It'll be the amount of attention you can get. And de- depending on how much attention you can, how many eyes you can get on your work, that'll determine ultimately whether or not you can make a, a living doing what it is you love, yep. in, in my opinion, anyway. So, and I think it can be cultivated as well. Like, it's not too late for anybody. Rick, you got to get that art page happening. Um, Ed, yeah, yeah, Ed, you've already um, got a great um, following. and Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's awesome.
2: Rick, any final words? Uh, I just want to go to bed, please. <laughs> 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 it's it's four thirty in the morning here whoa oh, my God. that's Oops. crazy wow. yeah oh, boy. oh yeah, well
0: you that means we've had a good we've had a good episode i think and uh yeah a bit of a bonus episode i would say if they keep getting longer what, what's happening here
2: I think, right. I think i think clayton has this plan of trying to actually make me fall asleep because he, <laughs> he prolongs every podcast little by little all the time <laughs> What's it's his
1: soothing aussie accent man
0: oh yeah <laughs> yeah it's it's yeah, hard yeah. to cut it off though you know when you guys are in the middle of saying something that's just you know these you've thrown out these pearls of wisdom that i mean you, you guys have said things that i'm going to use you know walking away from this conversation so it's freaking awesome you know things that i don't have no idea about like the um, the comic book conventions and that kind of stuff yeah yep. yeah really really great them, stuff
3: i don't know why you're i don't know why you're stalling i, I know they have like a really big one in australia yeah
0: yeah, yeah. well i'm also, gonna go to supernova there's there's one yeah, called right. supernova here and uh i think the reason i haven't been death is because um i never feel like i've got enough to show or enough to to give people when well, i go there
2: you also you also got a witcon down there right you could Yeah, seeing that seeing that you produce uh, learning videos and all that, you could you could take Mm. that there as well. Definitely, well, Well, one hundred percent. I know
3: we
1: keep trying to sign off here, but Clayton, you know, like (laughs) you put out uh, how to draw a comics book. Yeah, and I gotta say, probably about twenty to thirty percent of the people at a comic con want to learn to draw, or are interested in it, or have some interest in drawing or comics, that kind of stuff, and so. Who was it? At the last con, I was like, Greg Pak, Greg Pak, or whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, He had a how-to-make-comic-books book sitting on on his table, sold out.
0: Yeah. awesome. Yeah, I mean...
1: It doesn't have to be just comic, you know, fan art at a Comic-Con. It could be original characters, it could be how-to, it could be fishies, it could be whatever, you know. Like, don't just get get too narrow on
0: it and yeah stuff. no of course
1: thing that they could be selling
0: that i'd love to tour how to draw comics around uh the world one day when i'm able <laughs> i think you i think you might yeah absolutely i'd love to yeah. man it's it's yeah. growing so um yeah and then i'll be able to join you guys you know soon i'll have some kids and, and i'll be going to comic cons <laughs> just like you guys it'll be i would have grown man. up but yeah, uh yeah. all right let's uh <laughs> let's cut it off here before we get too out of control yeah. and uh <laughs> thanks uh, thanks for being here, Death, and, and Ed, and Rick, as always. Yeah, thanks for being uh, here, uh, Death. It's yeah. seriously hey, brilliant to me. have you. Yeah. Re- yeah, really an honor to be able to talk with you guys. And uh, just as a last thing, Ed and Death, if people do want to contact you for commissions or just to check out your artwork, where can they find you? Slash email you. You go, Death.
2: Yeah, where can, where can you find Death?
3: Uh, let's see. <laughs> <laughs>
2: On Sorry. Instagram? Yep. You- uh, I'm,
3: I'm uh, death defied on Instagram. It's D E T H D F Y E D. Nice on on Instagram and then um, on Facebook. I frequent a lot of places on Facebook. Facebook, uh, but it's mainly just death pimmasan. Like you, if you put in death, most likely you'll see my name. Yeah. Uh, followed up because there's not that many people on on Facebook without, with that name. Without uh, the a, guys. Without <laughs> the a. <laughs> No A. So D E T H, and then you know. My my last name will pop up. It's Pimasan with a silent H. Yeah. You don't see the H. But, like, um, <clears throat> I frequent How to Draw Comics a lot. Yep. Um,
0: Lucky for us. Yeah. I frequent
3: a lot of things. I don't post as much as I should. I, I'll be honest with you. I have so little time mm. that I really <laughs> only get the chance to draw when I get commissions. So, yeah. like, um, I, I don't have as much to show on, on How to Draw Comics. Um, but... I, I do frequent and I do critique when I can. Um, sometimes, it, it's welcome. Sometimes it's not. <laughs> really.
0: For those listening, seriously check out Death's work. It's it's absolutely breathtaking. I love it, man. Every time you when you do post, it's uh, it's definitely a notice. It's an eye catcher.
1: You know, yeah. The one thing I would say is post more of your works in progress. I think like people would love to see the, mm-hmm. the state especially of your marker work and stuff like that i think it, just i want to see it right so i don't care <laughs> about other people i, I want to see it so. yeah yeah i want to see
2: i want to see death, I, I see death totally. as work in progress i want to see more death more death yeah
0: more death death everywhere <laughs> uh, okay and
2: for me uh you can
1: find my this is ed uh, yep, yep you can find my stuff uh if you just google jugurtha j-u-g-g-e-r-t-h-a and whether it's DeviantArt, uh, Facebook, Instagram, wherever Instagram, you might unfortunately get a pictures of a few pictures of my body in there. Maybe you don't want those. Um. So. <laughs>
0: yeah, head to Facebook. <laughs> you know, if you need the anatomy references and whatnot. Right there, you go. Yeah. See,
1: I see them as tying in together. Right? It's not you know, just anatomy. art
0: you provide; you, it's the whole package. All right, exactly. man. That, that's so great, awesome. Well, thanks so much hey, for uh, being here, guys. Uh, for those listening, thanks for sticking with us for an hour and 45 minutes really appreciate it and we'll see you here back next time and until then keep on
3: creating